Moms, at Vanguard, you're more than just a parent. You're the heart of the family. You're the first responder to any need. You can be the hero and the villain, sometimes on the same day. Because you know that in the end, your legacy is the values you instill in them. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Because the future you're building is bigger than yourself. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Hear that? Is that America cheering? Or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now get any breakfast sandwich for just 2 bucks. Available only through the app. Mobile order and pay available at participating McDonald's. McD app download and registration required. Today on the Zabecast, a special visit to what I thought was pretty sacred sporting ground. Notorious J.A.Y. joins me to talk about the fucked up Iowa caucus, as well as the choke job by Kyle Shanahan and amazing Latina booties. All that plus the NFL better mind their P's and Q's on the non-gray-haired demo in the big game. Your bonus, 40 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Thursday, February 6, 2020. Thank you for downloading tomorrow for subscribers. And you can do that by going to Zabe.com uh, and learning more. You can also download the Zabecast app from your Google Play or iTunes or Apple App Store. Uh, and then you can sign up for premium, which includes Fridays through that method. Uh we are going to have a special bourbon cast with our friend Fred Minnick. So for those of you brown enthusiasts, brown liquid, the brown nectar, uh, the good juice, uh, then go ahead and subscribe and we will see you tomorrow. It should be a fun, entertaining episode to check in with Freddie Minnick. Before I get to Jay, I got to do something really cool today. I didn't, I, I will say this at 51 years old, grizzled, cynical, been there, done that on a lot of neat things. I have not lost my sense of wonder in sports. I have not lost my ability to be a little bit jelly-kneed and pretty much, wow, excited. I got to today go all the way up into the office of one Barry Alvarez, athletic director at the University of Wisconsin and legendary Rose Bowl winning coach, the winningest coach in Wisconsin football history, ate an absolute titan in the college football world. And a guy who, you know, just by the cut of his jib, serious looking man. And I was sort of nervous, like, oh, shit. Now you might say, well, what brought you up there? Well, good question. Um, the station that's carrying my show on uh, 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee, uh, the station here in Madison, 1070 The Game, uh, set up a short promotional clip that involved Barry in his office. And when I get it, I'll blurp it out on social media. And so he had agreed to do this. And I thought, okay, it's pretty cool. So I was up there along with a, a, a small television crew and some other people involved in the production, as well as Mike Heller, who does afternoons, 
uh, here in Madison on 1070, has been doing afternoons for a long time, has filled in on the Dan Patrick show and has done so very well. Uh, great guy, uh, Mike, and he is Mr. Madison. And we were up there, and it's funny because we come for the shoot, and this had been planned, and I thought, okay, this is going to be pretty smooth. We'll go up there, meet Barry, and be done with it. But as soon as we get there, my man Posick, who does an update hit with us in the mornings on 97.3 The Game and calls Badger Hockey and also is Mr. Madison, he pulls uh, my big boss, Drew Lauder, aside, and they start whispering. Come with me. And he pulls him aside, and I'm like, oh, shit. Something happened. You know, Maybe Wisconsin lost a big recruit on signing day. Maybe... Uh, who knows? He's in bad mood. We can't do it. Uh, there's a problem. Oh, fuck. Anyway, it was just a simple thing. They were trying to coordinate something. It was no big deal. But we go up there, and it was just awesome to be in the inner bowels of the athletic department offices that are built right into the uh, south end zone. I'm pretty sure it's the south end zone. My orientation is not perfect here. <laughs> uh, the south end zone of Camp Randall Stadium. And that's, you could look out from Barry's office out onto the field. And it, it was all snow covered. It was fantastic. And I, they say, okay, go on in, you know, say how to coach. And they feed me in there. And I think they were putting me up. I think they were setting me up because coach looks at me and says, nice to meet you. How come you're late? <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Because I wasn't late. I was brought to the shoot by uh, our station people. And I think he was just kidding. But. Super nice guy. Uh, we we had nice chats about various things. I didn't grill him too much about, <laughs> remember that time that Bielema went for those Arkansas dollars and you were like, get out, and then I coached the Rose Bowl? Yeah, that was great. Remember that, coach? I didn't want to nerd out about it, but I was asking him. He has insane memorabilia. In fact, he's got stuff on the floor because there's just not enough wall space, even in a big office to contain all the memorabilia. But at 71 years old, he looks fit and healthy and sharp and really good. And I don't get to meet a lot of people that have statues of themselves, like full-blown statues. Statue of him outside Camp Randall and a statue of Pat Richter outside Camp Randall. And to be up there in the inner, the beating heart of a major athletic department in division one sports and a major top 20 football program. That was pretty cool, man. I mean, it's, it's big time. It's like you get a sense of this is big time stuff, everything about it. And it's a machine and they got it rolling. And when Barry finally does decide to retire and who knows when that will be, I'm sure Badger fans are going to want it to keep on going. But there's no guarantee. You know, you look at some of these programs that used to dominate and used to, you know, you look at Miami and Nebraska would be the two programs that you say to yourself, well, they used to be huge. They used to be the gold standard in college football. What happened? A lot of things can happen and do happen. They have a big vested interest with the success they've got rolling right now at Wisconsin to make sure that once Barry does step down, the show goes on, just like in Wolf of Wall Street. Not, not, no time.
Here's how I know my regulars actually like doing the show. They call me when they sense they are about to miss a start. The Notorious J-A-Y calling me on a... Is it Wednesday? It is Wednesday. Wednesday. I've lost sense of all my days. You couldn't do Monday. I tried to reroute you this week. And I thought, and I, okay, Jay's. I said, I said I'd call you. I know, and you yeah. did. Yeah. And I love that, Jay. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you're on this week. There is a lot to talk about in the wake of the Super Bowl, the halftime show, and everything whoa, else. Whoa, whoa. We're not going to do our XFL breakdown. No. Oh, we can do that as well. But first, I want to, I want to play. I want to give you a little uh, quiz here. Where, well, you'll never guess. I'm up in Wisconsin. I'm up in Madison, Wisconsin, Scotty. as a matter of fact. Scotty, exactly. I'm becoming a Scotty guy. And my my show on 97.3 The Game is being picked up by 1070 The Game in Madison. Now, you might think, well, that's a natural fit. Madison is just an hour west of Milwaukee, and why wouldn't they take the show? There is a thing, Jay, between Madison and Milwaukee that is very fascinating. I'm not saying the two cities hate each other, but it's kind of like Baltimore and Washington. And, I was going to say, it's like D.C. and Baltimore. Right, yeah. and you know that dynamic well. So, I know that hate. Yeah. For, so for my <laughs> – I didn't want to say hate. Hate's hate, too strong. Hate. Here, here's, the, hate. All right, here's the thing. Explain to my Scotty listeners what it is between Baltimore and D.C. Well, Washington thinks they are so much better and somewhat, somewhat more highfalutin right. than Baltimore. Right. Baltimore also has the proverbial chip on our shoulder about every damn thing. Just because it's a smaller city. It's, it's, we're, we're between New York, Philadelphia. Right. We're fronting between New York, Philadelphia, and Washington. We always feel like we get left out of everything or we get made fun of everything. So that's Smaller in size, know. grittier. Uh, put, you know, Baltimore is a port city. You know, you drive it through is. and you're like, holy shit, look at all these giant cargo ships unloading stuff. Probably some of my cameras from Japan, Sony cameras, you know, that I'll buy in return on bulk. But and, and of course, Baltimore also having, unfortunately, a bit of a rep as a uh, as a violent city. And this year is not going well so far. Right, Jay? We'll call the city that reads, Dave. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> that is one of the names for Baltimore, right? Yes. The city that reads. They also call it the city that bleeds, but that's a whole that's different true. story. That, that's a whole different story, yeah. Right, well, exactly. Wait so, wait a minute. It, so, how far is Madison from the – is that where the, the – the, not the, what's when was the Netflix special uh, to catch a murderer? What is, oh, in, in, uh, that where that, Avery. Yeah. Isn't that where that guy was from, Madison? Uh, it somewhere around here. I didn't okay. see it, but I did. I watched like three times. I love it. Can't get enough of it. Well, you watched it. It was also a big podcast, wasn't it? Serial. Yes, it was called yeah, it, right. No, Serial was the podcast of the the guy in Baltimore who may or may not have killed his girlfriend. Oh, during the park. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, anyway, so. The dynamic up here is that Madison is a college town, first and foremost. It's all Badgers all the time. And it is the state capital of Wisconsin. And it is, at its nuclear core, 
very liberal and very proud of it. And so, sounds very liberal, though. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But it's funny because Milwaukee is certainly the uh, inner city part of it is quite liberal, Democrat voting. And they're having the convention there this summer. Oh, wow. Okay. But the outer burbs of Milwaukee tend to be a bit more uh, blue collar Republican, a bit more independent business, entrepreneurial. And so the state is an, an interesting flux in terms of its politics. And as you know, the Democrats this cycle, Jay, they will let fucking hell come first before they lose Wisconsin, right? That's why they're having the convention here. They realize this was the big state that got away the last time. That really hurt them. Guaranteeing you they'll still fuck it up. <laughs> well, if the Iowa caucuses are any oh, indication. Yeah. There you go. They're Jay, fuck it up. as a man in politics now, as the chief of staff to what uh, Maryland uh, rep again? April Rose. April Rose. Give me your thoughts as a man in the political game on Iowa and the caucuses. It was a complete. First of all, they went from uh, they were they, they they ended it by writing names on scripts of paper. Right. Like Be- in seventeen seventy six, I think they did the same thing because the app they had paid good money to develop to make it did easier. Yes. didn't fucking work. And by the way, you think that was Russian influence that the bot didn't work? <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm throwing out everything. How would it? Well, and and what's the Russians' game? I'm open to any conspiracies about oh, Russian I, interference. I, I, I just no want idea. to know their angle. I have no idea. No, How do they no benefit? Idea, well, they benefit because Trump will still be in office. Oh, so they f up the Iowa caucus. Ah. By the way, can we get can we get done with the Iowa caucus? By the way. Oh, it's Jay. It's insane. We still do this. How was Iowa? a representative of any part of America. There's like seven black people in Iowa. Right. And six Hispanics. Right. So how are they rep- any any representation of anything in America? Same thing with New Hampshire, though, too. I know. How, how about go to where the people are? The, these should not be the first gatekeeper primaries that no. actually weed out some people. But there will be, I'm going to get an, a lengthy and maybe even eloquent defense of the current system in my email inbox. So from, forward that to me, because I'd like to hear that also. Forward that to me. Okay. Um, I know there's arguments for it. I think they're weak arguments in this day and age. And I, th- and I think it's time that we just said, fuck this altogether. Because it's just, it's just crazy. Like, it's crazy to see a nerd flipping a coin and flipping a coin badly, and then the winner of the coin flip gets three delegates. That's not, like, that's That's, nothing. That's not the American way. And then to have to have people sit there and listen for four hours and debate at the caucuses, I would be, the only thing more insane would be having a town-wide series of pistol duels (laughs) to to determine, here's how we're going to vote in this thing. Shoot it uh, into the sun, get rid of it forever, kill it with fire, and let's do this a smarter way. And what really was bad is that, okay, if it had run smoothly, it would have still been dumb. But it was fucked up to the moon, which leads a lot of people like me who have little faith in government to say, oh, yeah, I don't want to give government any more responsibility because they can't handle the shit that they should be able to handle. A freaking man. Yeah. Okay. So that said, uh, uh, can we get an update on who you think 
will win the nomination as of right now, not necessarily who you prefer. Hey, Bernie. Bernie. Because Elizabeth Warren hasn't taken I know. Hasn't taken hold of anything. The only other person, if it's not Bernie, this may shock you. Andrew Yang. Is he climbing? He is climbing, yes. They seem to like him. He's the only guy I'd vote for, in theory. Yeah, he, he He's the only guy I could conceivably vote for as a Democrat. He's by far the smartest guy in the field, and I'm not saying that just because he's Asian. Racist. He, he has the best ideas. No, I, I, I was thinking about this while watching the caucus, going, who would I vote for? And I was like, I can't vote for Elizabeth Warren because she had some idea about if she were president, I don't know if you heard this, and by the way, we can't, we got to stop talking politics. I know. If she were, if she were president, she would have her secretary of education vetted by this one person, this trans teen. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Vetted by a single teenager who's a transgender. Yeah. Yes. Who's transgender. Because that's what we need now. And I'm like, oh, no, boy. we don't need it now. Oh, no, boy. actually, oh. actually, we don't need that now. <laughs> actually, we don't need that. Well, I saw Carville, veteran political operative, Democrat operative, saying, oh, my God, you know, we're talking as a party about letting people vote from jail cells and about opening borders. He's like, come on, wake up. Like, these are not things that are going to sell come November. That the whole, the, the whole criminal's voting is something that also has me doing backflips. That's that's one of the things that if you're a criminal, that's the first thing that's taken away from you. Why give it back to them? You yeah. have lost your right to vote when you commit a crime. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's, that's a it. felony too, by the way. Misdemeanors you don't, and I believe right. a lot of states are providing avenues to get that vote back when it's all said and done. It's insanity. All right. Anyway. Alright, let's move on. As Bert, as uh, as uh, as uh, Brian Gumble likes to say in his little Kermit the Frog voice on HBO, let's move let's on. Move on. Let's, let's move on. on. Okay, Super Bowl. Jake Cottrell, your thoughts? Uh, I, I, I did I send no no. It, I don't think I sent it to you on Twitter. So are we sure Sean and Sean McVay, the, the white coordinator here for three hundred? Are we sure that Miss that uh, Shanahan? Is this genius now? <laughs> I, I heard I heard someone say that if you criticize Shanahan, you're stupid. And I'm like, wait a minute. This guy has effed up two Super Bowls. He's effed up two Super Bowls now. We have a sample size. He's not good. Right. What do you have? We now have a am I am I wrong in, in saying he, that? We now have a sample size, two, which is more than one. Yeah. He this is, is a bigger fuck up, by the way. Right. He is a uh He's a guy that knows how to design very innovative offensive schemes. We yeah, can give him that. that. Oh, <laughs> hey, how about so, that? So Something to be said Where's for that. Job? He he likes to mash the button, Jay, on the jet sweep. Jet sweep, jet sweep, jet sweep. Fast guys. <laughs> but as a tactical guy, he fucked up the end of the first half because yeah. either he but, didn't trust Jimmy G or he thought 10-10 was good. Good with a minute and change and three timeouts. That's crazy, by the way. Did you see John Lynch calling timeout? I was like, it, no, I was like, John Lynch is going to fire him after this game. <laughs> no, they're boys, man. They're tight. Okay. He he is going to wear this one for the rest of his life, and he may go down never having won a Super Bowl with two huge failures. 
Does he mail? Does he wear this one more than the twenty-eight to three? Yeah, because he's a head coach. Okay. All right. Okay. I think I think yes, because he's the head coach. Now the throwing was more egregious in the lead against the uh, Patriots, but his offense in Atlanta with who was who were the running backs at the time? Uh, Devontae Freeman and Devontae Freeman, and yeah. Tevin Coleman, right? Yeah, look at you. Well, that's I'm just thinking. He's on the Niners now, so he had he had two guys, two backs that just could go downhill on you, and they were going downhill all game. And then with a big lead, he was still passing, and bad shit happens when you pass. I just thought that that possession, uh, up ten, nine minutes to go, they had just thrown a second pick, uh, had Mahomes. And what you do there is you run, run, run three times and punt if you have to, and you don't even blink. You do it because you say to yourself, at least run, 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 punt takes a minute and a half off the game, and it makes them move more field and use more time. It's not a cowardly play. Sometimes the conservative play is not cowardly. I remember remember they had the ball with 623 or 632. I can't remember. First first play, they did a run to the left. They got like six yards, and then it was pass, pass, pass. Yeah. Well, ball game was over then. Heck of a game. I went back and I parsed out the numbers for Mahomes before and after. Uh, basically, the the three and out at nine minutes to go by the night by the Niners, and he would have had a fucking terrible game. He would have had like seventeen for twenty eight and. 174 yards with two picks. Like, let's say the Niners march down the field, seven-minute drive, touchdown to go up 27 to 10. He might have padded those stats with you know something decent in desperation then with about two and a half minutes to go. But guess what? He, he, would, have go, he would have been the GOAT. He would have been the bum. It would have been, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, nice guy. Stop putting ketchup on your steak and – get better because you choked on the biggest stage. That's what they would have said, Jay, because narratives are driven by outcomes in sports. It would have been, well, he's really not all that great. This, he, he, if you have a good defense, if a good front four, you can stop Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Which, by the way, Joey Bosa is a fucking beast. Jesus oh. Christ. Yeah. Oh, or, God. Or Nick Bosa. Or, or Kyle, or Kyle Bosa, as I call him. Now, here's the interesting thing. I mean, Bosa was insane in this game. He had 10-plus pressures, and I know pressures are not a stat that we talk about a lot on sports radio, but, they, I mean, they're significant stats because they really say, are you getting in there and disrupting shit? Yeah, Ten pressures. Quarterback, I think that, yeah. that's something. Yeah, no, it's it's big. And so uh, he was relentless, but the back end let him down. And old Ricky Sherman, mm, tough one for Richard Sherman. I saw someone, though, uh, what's, um, what's the guy, Lewis Riddick? Yep. Lewis Riddick diagrammed the play, and he talked about what Richard Sherman was thinking. So I really can't fault him all that much. Right. He got burned, but there was a reason he got burned. Where Where is Darrell Revis? Has he tweeted since? He has not tweeted. Oh. I, mean, I cannot believe he has not said anything. I thought that would be the first tweet. <laughs> Does Revis think, okay, it's not right to pick on him? Is Revis I, lying in wait to get him really he, good at some point? I guess you got to wait till the. I guess you got to wait till the off season when Sherman starts talking again. Because he has. You know what this is, Jay? This is like the uh, Russian in the Sopranos that got clipped in the head as he ran off into the snowy <laughs> pine barrens, 
And, <laughs> Where is he? And all you could think about for the rest of The Sopranos was, when is the Where fucking is Russian going to pop Russian up again? Yeah. <laughs> When's Darrell Rivas going to pop up? You're like, oh, shit. He's got such leverage on Richard Sherman right now. I so, loved, I, I, but but I, I did love Richard Sherman getting burned, though. Yeah, I'm agnostic to it. I'm I'm okay with him. He's a hell of a player. He's had a hell of a career. And he's at that age where he's not going to be as locked down as he once was. It just is what it is. Yeah. Well, being a lockdown, you have a expiration date. Sorry. Right, exactly. I saw Dion at the end was a safety. With the Ravens. With the Ravens, yep. That was amazing. Um, so anyway, the game goes off the way it goes. And, uh, you know, next year everyone thinks the Niners – have a good shot. The odds makers think they have a good shot to go back, but we all know the NFL is an episodic league. Every year is different. Every game is different, and I think it's a coin flip that they missed the playoffs. It really is. They could. They could easily miss the playoffs. Anyone could miss oh, the playoffs. I was going to say, I'm guaranteeing they missed the playoffs. Ooh. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Based on the I mean, old Super Bowl loser hangover theory, which has been pretty strong the last six years. How was that Atlanta Falcon uh, Super Bowl run? Oh, that's right. They didn't make the playoffs. I know. I know. It's a tough game. Halftime show. I watched eight minutes of it uh, or less than that. It was like a quick, eh, um, let's go eat something. Um, Shakira's still getting it done at 43. Wow. So you'd still draft her right now over J-Lo? Well, no, no. They'd both be. They're both draft worthy. Are they one two? Are they Leaf and Manning? Uh, they're they're no, they're my top five. I mean, over <laughs> for for people over forty, they're right. number one and number two. Yeah, right. Oh, but uh, it was not better than Prince's Super Bowl. That, that's still the goat of all Super Bowl halftime performances. It's yeah, still Prince. Yeah, well, Prince. I, this is going to sound sexist and 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 mean, but Prince is a real musician. <laughs> I mean, let's not kid ourselves. J-Lo and Shakira are performers. They're not musicians. Do you know who, you know who the uh, comedian J. Anthony Brown is? No. Okay, well, he's a very... He's, he's, how about this? He's very well-known on the black circuit. He said... He, he goes, this is when she was on The Voice. Was she on The Voice? Is that what show Shakira, she was on? yes. No, 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 no. But J-Lo was on something, too, though. They might have run her on one of those shows yeah. as well. He goes, he goes, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. There is a competition, and at the end of the competition, J-Lo votes on whether they can sing or not. That's comedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's comedy. Yeah. J-Lo, the, J-Lo is like her own industry. You don't she, know what she does. She, she doesn't do much well. She does a little bit of everything. Edit. Yeah. She's, she's pretty good at acting. Did, did did you like her in Made in Manhattan, where she played a maid? I don't think I saw it. Oh come on, stop lying I, about shit. I'm you not know lying. That. I don't. I don't think I saw it. I didn't. I think the first time I ever saw her, what was that movie she did about the slain Tejano singer that I had never heard of? Oh, before Selena. Selena. Yeah, that's the first time. And but J Lo does though have if uh, we're doing a. A, a ass segment, she's top three. Easily. <laughs> Out that ass. Easily. Easily. I mean, the, 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 the double ass shot was, it's like, yes, that's exactly what we came for. That's what we were hoping for. 
that's what we were expecting. Thank you very much. 50 million 11-year-old boys went through puberty that night. <laughs> there were some great viral videos of families that put their phone uh, on video and zoomed in on their kid's face, their teenage kid's face, and then zoomed out to the TV screen, and there were some real slack-jawed, wide-eyed 13-year-old boys out there. Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, by the way, Made in Manhattan uh, was uh, Jennifer Lopez with Ralph Fiennes. Oh, okay. A direct story by John Hughes, the great late John Hughes, uh, with Natasha Richardson as well. May she rest in peace. I was going to say the late Natasha Richardson, mm-hmm. yes. And Stanley Tucci, and it's you know it was you know it's one of these rags to riches type love stories where Jennifer Lopez starts as a maid in a high rise hotel in Manhattan, and I got to tell you, hot maid porn, it's one of my things. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a, I was going to say, there's a category for that, but in porn, there's a, there's category, a category for, for everything. everything. For everything. I, everything. And this is where I once again have to say, Ma! Ma! Log off the podcast! Log off the podcast! No. I don't know what he's talking about, Mrs. Avon. I don't right. know what this porn thing is. It's a, <laughs> I mean, I'm not some Harvey Weinstein predator, and I would never do it, but there is always that sort of fantasy of the hot Latina maid that you actually get with while she's in her maid working outfit. It's okay. a thing. It's real. We, we don't judge here. We no. Judge. And, and if you don't think that they didn't cast Jennifer Lopez in that role for that express reason, then you're, you're just missing the boat. You don't understand mm-hmm. how movies get made. She's the only Latina or well, her and Rosie Perez. That's it. Uh, <laughs> are you, you want to go Latina hot? Hot pop stars. Well, not pop stars. How about the hot Latina pop culture indexed? Okay. Um. Um. Oh my, Sofia Vergara. Okay. Um. Oh God. What's what's her what's her name? She was just in a movie. Oh my God. Oh my. I can't. Why can't I think of her name? All right. I got a list here. Okay. The Eva Mendez. Penelope. Eva Mendes, Penelope yeah, Cruz. Cruz. Yes. Jessica Alba. Eva Longoria. They're sort of, they're sort of Hispanic. Whoa, Hispanic whoa, like, whoa. They're, they're Hispanic. Like whoa, them. wait a minute. Are you judging now? Go ahead. You, go only ahead. Get to, you only get to judge black, not black. Okay. You don't get go to right. do the Hispanic, okay. not Hispanic. Okay. I can't do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> you stay in your lane there, bro. Okay. By the way, I had to see online as well some little skirmishes erupting over Patrick Mahomes and his blackness because he is mixfolks.com. Yes, uh, uh, my buddy uh, typed. He texted me and he said, "Well, another black quarterback wins a uh, Super Bowl." And I said, "Well, half." <laughs> I ha- I'm being true. So you're the so you're the half guy. A lot of people are like no one drop rule. Google it. No, uh, no, he he gets half. Okay, well, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's it, no, it's it, the it, black the and white. It's a beautiful thing. It's a black and white cookie. Bring everyone together, baby. A uh, hell of an athlete, hell of a player. Jordana Brewster is listed as Hispanic. Really? Okay. Also very fetching. More, uh, Jordana Brewster born in Panama City, Panama. Okay. America. Samahai. Is that the goat? Selma Hayek? Is she the goat right now over she, Jennifer Lopez? She's really good. But Selma, yeah. Hayek, Selma Hayek is, I think, 4 foot 11. No offense to ladies that Doesn't are 4 matter. foot 11. Does Doesn't it, though? Matter. No, doesn't matter. At some point, Jay, don't you doesn't, think 
you gotta be, you have no height cutoff on hot. I do not. Four foot six. No, still hot. <laughs> Three foot nine. Okay, now you're going crazy. <laughs> now you're crazy. I just I was trying to find your limit there. <laughs> uh, to me, it's about five foot. Like you better be five one measurable for the media guide. Otherwise, I'm like, yeah. Uh, Selena Gomez. Ariana Grande. Selena Gomez. Selena. They're like little girls to me, so I can't really. I know. It is kind of sick, know. isn't it? They're so yeah, young. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Can't, no, can't really look at them. So no. neither neither one. Not Ariana Grande yeah. or Selena Gomez. I'll, 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 take, I'll take Eva Mendez. I'll take Selma Hayek. I'll take, uh, like I said, Paz Vega. The chick that was in Spanglish with Adam Sandler. I think it's extremely hot. I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. Paz Vega. Oh, there she is. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Here's one that's age appropriate. Vanessa Marcil. Very again. Born in Indio. Born in Indio, California, to Patricia Irene Ortiz and Pete Ortiz, a contractor. So Vanessa Marcil is her stage name. She's an Ortiz. Had no idea. Okay. And scrolling, I got fifty here, Jay, and then we're done with this. Oh, and then and then the woman who just disappeared, but is absolutely fantastic. The Hispanic Cindy Crawford, the brown haired, brown eyed beauty, Daisy Fuentes. She got married. She got married, and I saw her doing a late night infomercial. Yeah, yeah, she's fifty three years old. Wow. She okay. Was- he was fetching though in the in the uh, '90s. All right, so moving right along, uh, what else do you want to talk about before we get to FTG and wrap this up? Uh, the the what the fuck are the Boston Red Sox doing? Okay, yeah, let's talk about this trade. So um, Mookie Betts to the Dodgers plus the washed up and maybe cancerous David Price for some guys I I heard of one of the two guys the other guy I'm like that's a made up name he's really a guy <laughs> Do you know the names of the guys in the trade I barely know them I I knew one he's he was a, a up and coming outfielder for the Dodgers but the rest of them I had no clue Okay So the Dodger the Red Sox still don't have a replacement manager No And now they've traded their former MVP Mookie Betts right. How are we doing I don't I don't understand why they got rid of a guy who two years ago was the MVP of the league. Well, he wanted too much money. Apparently he wanted a 14 for $400 million deal. Oh, so the Red Sox who print money can't come up with that money? <sighs> I don't know. It says Boston. It, it, it makes no sense. Boston is trying to get beneath the $208 million luxury tax threshold. And clearing their books of bets and price will go a long way towards reaching that goal. So price was the bad contract. Get, get this, Jay. Price has three years and $96 million remaining on his contract. He did pitch well in the postseason. Right. But that's a $30 million, $32 million guy for the next three years. That's their fault. I know. But I'm saying that's the reason. I'm saying that's the reason. I guess they 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 felt okay getting rid. They didn't want to get rid of bets, but he wanted a ton of money. But as a benefit, they offload Price's terrible contract. I can't believe you're not 
playing the drop. And fire is a black man. I don't. <laughs> I don't have it handy. <laughs> so you fire the black man, huh? Okay. Wait, what is this in reference to? Well, they're getting rid of Mookie Betts and David Price. Oh, oh, okay. I only use that for managers and coaches who get fired. Trades are trades, okay. man. Part of the okay. part of the game. Um, the uh, here are the two names. Uh, so uh, Alex Verdugo, who I've heard of, infielder. He's up that, and that's, coming. That's the one I've heard from. That, yes, the one I've heard. Uh, a third team, the Twins, uh, get Kenta Maeda. And then the, your pitcher from the Dodgers, yeah. And then the Twins ship hard throwing pitching prospect. This is the guy who said this can't be a real dude. Bruce Dar Greaterall. Okay. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> Bruce Dar Greaterall. Bruce Dar. Good luck finding that on a license plate at Disney World. Bruce Dar. B R U S D A R. Okay. Uh, and Mike D'Antoni says, oh, <laughs> recruiting violations? It looks like it's a good time for me to retire. That's going to be my FTG. Oh. Uh, well, then we'll do it right now. Stand by, everybody. Here we go. Okay. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Jay. Here we go. Yeah, so so Mark D'Antoni, he uh, he gets caught with these violations, and there's a whistleblower who he had who he had fired, and the whistleblower was like, "You fired me? Hell okay, yeah! Okay, I'm going to tell everything." And D'Antoni goes, "You know what? I think it's time I spend time with the kids." Which, by the way, that's my favorite. He yeah. left to spend time because I, I saw Tom Izzo saying, "Yeah, he 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 felt it was time to spend time with his family." No, he saw the cavalry coming, and he said, I got to get out of here. And Oh, by the way, two weeks ago, he got a $4.3 million bonus that kicked in. So, yeah. And okay. it was re- it was a retention bonus, which yeah. reminds me of the great Seinfeld episode where Jerry is mocking the rental car counter agent saying, you're good at taking the reservation, but it seems like the holding of the reservation is where you're not so good. If you're going to have a retention bonus... You better fucking retain the guy, right? Right. Or get exactly. a refund on that bonus. Exactly. Exactly. So I to Mark Dan Tony, oh, you say? Fuck that guy. All right. My FTG goes to a generic person, Jay, not a specific person. The generic person who is beating the drum to have the one Hall of Fame voter in baseball who did not put Jeter into the Hall of Fame on his first ballot to explain his logic, that guy is the worst. Yes, very much so. There's a point to having a secret ballot. It's to ensure the most unfettered voting and the opinions to not be under the modern-day digital mob Hounding you to go, how could you not put him in? And there's people go, he should be accountable. Everyone, should, we should show everyone's votes. This is we got to we we got to know who this guy is. Why? So you can you know cut a promo on him on social media. Fuck off. He's a voter. He's apparently 
qualified to vote, and for whatever reason you left Jeter off, it's not a big deal. Jeter is still in the Hall of Fame. Jeter is going into Cooperstown. Jeter still has the hottest smoke show wife ever after banging all the super hot smoke shows. <laughs> By the way, that list we had, he had like four or five on that list. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. So to the guy who says they should make their vote accountable, I say, fuck that guy. All right, Jay, that'll be it for today. Thank you, as always, for calling. It's great to chat, pal. Have a safe uh, trip back from Scotty, and bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Exactly. All right, we'll end on this. Super Bowl down in adults 18-49 to yet again. Interesting. It's now the ninth straight year, that demographic, which you might say, well, isn't that everybody, 18 to 49? No, there's people older than 49. Yours truly is one of them. And they count. They count for marketers. They do market in the 50s and the 60s and even the 70s. So the 18 to 49 demo, which is not quite splitting the meaningful advertising demo in half, but it's it's the better chunk of it, the 18 to 49, has been going down now every year since 2011. In fact, in 2008, the 18 to 49 demo accounted for 50% of all viewers of the Super Bowl, so half. Now it's down to 39%. Whoa. 39% is the number now of 18 to 49s watching the Super Bowl. To me, that's a pretty chilling number. Not that the Super Bowl is going to go out of business and not that they're not going to still make money on it hand over fist from now until the end of my lifetime. But as uh, John Candy was warned by people going next to him on the highway in planes, trains, and automobiles, you're going the wrong way. Roger Goodell, call your office. Oh, yeah, well, I'm already in my office. I'm, I'm under the desk right now, working on issues in the community and that 18 to 49 demographic. That's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. Tomorrow, if all goes well, we have scheduled a special bourbon podcast with our friend Fred Minnick, world-class bourbon taster reviewer has written books he's got a new show that's coming out it's going to be me and two of my fellow knights of the brown well that sounded weird my two fellow bourbon enthusiasts getter and big mikey we're going to sit down in a studio call fred minnick and nerd out on bourbon so if you got a bourbon question you'd like us to ask fred minnick and you are a subscriber to Fridays, then go ahead and fire it in to me via email or via social media. I'll make sure to see it, and we'll get it in front of Fred's ears, and we'll give you an answer tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you next time. George Kittle! <laughs>
Hey Niner fans, George Kittle here with a pro tip for making the best play on your eyewear. Visit Zinni.com, the official eyewear of the 49ers. Zinni has changed the game for you, finally making prescription glasses affordable for everyone. At Zinni, you can find over 3,000 frames with unbelievable prices. Look for the Kittles collection so you can rock our styles every day too. So visit Z-E-N-N-I.com, start shopping from home using their virtual try-on, and change your eyewear game forever. For the ones going above and beyond. For the ones reaching out, helping out, and lending a hand. For the ones people count on. You can count on Granger. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, backed by 24-7 customer support and specialists to help with hard-to-find products. Because you've got everyone's back, we've got yours. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.